Welcome to Living the Dream Outdoors, the official podcast of Living the Dream Outdoor Properties. We live by the motto, it's not just land, it's a lifestyle. And we live the outdoor lifestyle every day. Whether you're a landowner or dreaming of joining the ranks of those closest to the earth, we're your brothers and sisters of the outdoors. We hunt, we fish, we're stewards of the land, and our Living the Dream team will show you the way to enjoying the land and all the outdoor pursuits it has to offer. Here's your host, Bill Cooper. Are you a trout fisherman? If you are, you're in great luck because here pretty soon, the Missouri Catch and Keep Trout Season in the four Missouri Trout Parks will be opening up March 1st. I got a great trout fisherman on the line with me, Mr. Damon Spurgeon of Cardiac Mountain Outfitters, uh, right out of Rolla, Missouri. Really, he's a St. James boy, but uh, Rolla kind of stole him from us. But Damon, hey, great weather out there today, isn't it? It is. It's, it's pretty incredible after dealing with the temperatures we had, 20 degrees feels like 80. <laughs> it does after, after dealing with below zero wind chills of 25 below little sunshine today still some snow out there but hey there's a great great thing coming up here just pretty quick like the opening day of trout season of course i think i think you uh, uh boy cut your teeth on uh, trout fishing at merrimack spring park absolutely there is a lot of oh i'd say well 12 Oh, not, not quite that many. I'd say at least 10 straight years through uh, grade school and high school. I was sick the same day every year, and, <laughs> and it just happened to be on March 1st. Oh, did anybody ever catch on to that, any of the teachers, or they just let it slide? I, I'm sure they, yeah, they just let it slide. I mean, they, they knew about it, knew how big of a deal it was, the camaraderie, you know. Oh. That's, what, that's what it's always been about more than anything. Oh, absolutely. I tell you what, a lot of people, you know, they're diehard fishermen like the wilderness fishing, and I love that too. And they uh, like to get out by themselves and everything. Some of them kind of shake their heads, you know, and think everybody's just crazy. But if you ever go down to one of these opening days, I've been to a lot of them. Of course, I used to be superintendent of Merrimack Spring Park, and I kind of shook my head too, man. David, I got to tell you, I first come down to Merrimack Spring Park back when I was in college. A forestry professor had brought me down to First opening day I'd ever seen, and I'd never even been in a trout park. It was on a Saturday, and there's like a little over 3,000 people showed up that day. And, you know, you're talking about a half mile of spring branch. There were people fishing up over each other's shoulders. Now, here's how things come around and bite you in the rear end. I made the statement that I would never be caught dead trout fishing like that. And I wound up being superintendent of the park. <laughs> Guy has to be careful about what he says, doesn't he? <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. You know, I can remember the mornings down there, it being so cold, Bill, that they would literally have 55-gallon drums with burn, you know, have fires in them, people warming their hands up. and Absolutely. Groups of people coming from all over the Midwest, you know, and they camp out in sub-zero temperatures. <laughs> and get to wake up and hear that whistle and, and cast away. Oh, absolutely. But you talk about, I remember those old fire barrels and what a social pit, man. I mean, it didn't matter if you were the, oh, yeah. you know, president of the local bank or, or you, you know, swept streets for a living. It didn't make any difference. Everybody gathered around those fires and they talked trout fishing, man. I just kind of eavesdrop on them, you know. And of course, everybody, every barrel, 
there's somebody bragging about the big fish they'd caught, you know. There's there's always one that's got to oh, catch yeah. the biggest and the mostest, you know. But everybody laugh and have a big time. And But the real thing that I enjoyed watching, I know you saw a lot of it over the years, is just the people came. Yeah, they like to fish and like to take a few fish home, that sort of thing. But they really were coming to see their old buddies that they saw once a year, and it was on opening day of trout season. You ever see any of that? Uh, every year every year you know and it's some of the old timers have passed on but you know their kids or or nephews or nieces they've kind of picked it up and and there's a lot you know a lot of times there's family members that's where they see each other you know that's cousins tr- from <laughs> that are dis- you know i mean it's just incredible True. It, it really is. It, it does take on a bit of a party atmosphere, and usually, you know, the Chamber of Commerce will have a big tent down there and give away all, way, all kinds of prizes and stuff, but I don't think that's happening this year because of the COVID situation. But, you know, there'll still it'll still be a cheery old time. It's happening on a Monday this year, so the crowds might be down just a little bit. But, Damon, there are four of these trout parks in the state of Missouri. Of course, the James Foundation uh, operates Merrimack Spring Park on a cooperative agreement with the Missouri Department of Conservation. Then you got uh, Bennett Springs, Montauk, and, and Roaring River, all just beautiful springs that have been put to good use for these uh, trout fisheries. Now, i got to ask you, honestly, of the four trout parks, which one's your favorite? Well, you know, I'm kind of partial to Merrimack Springs <laughs> just because of, I mean, I've, I've said it before. It was my babysitter growing up and, and you know, it, it just holds a special place in my heart. But outside of that, you know, it, the, the one thing about Merrimack Springs, obviously what you just mentioned, Bill, was that, you know, it's privately owned, but the fishing aspects, NBC ran. And, right. you know, the other parts are, are, you know, controlled parks and and with that merrimack's not a very big park and in comparison right but you know it's you can use anything anywhere whereas the other parks are broke down your bait fishermen and your your fly fishermen and things like that but but you know merrimack springs to me adds a variety of you know with it being so small it's got different types of structure for those fish that, that in turn will help you become a better fisherman, you know, regardless of what you're using. Um, instead of just being one stillwater park or one giant rapid, it, it's a mixture of everything, which makes it really, really cool. It, it, it really is. And, of course, the James Foundation and the Conservation Department, through their cooperative agreement over the years, have, have they do a lot of stream work there. You know, they've made some habitat improvements. They, they put in... Uh, rocks and stuff to make waterfalls and riffles and all sorts of things so that you do get a variety of structure there. So you can come down as a bait fisherman and sling your cheese into a deep hole or if you're at the other end of the spectrum, you can put on a uh, some kind of a nymph pattern and, and, and float some of the spots where they're a little better suited to uh, fly fishing. There's not a lot of really good open fly fishing water down there, but still you can fish uh, by any legal method that, that you want to. And that draws a lot of people to Merrimack Spring Park. It really does. And not to mention the proximity to, you know, your main uh, urban areas throughout the state of Missouri. You know, I mean, it's, it's the closest park for those individuals that are coming down and merrimack springs is a huge draw for people from st louis and that immediate metropolitan area it really is i would say the lion's share of you're right 
folks come from there. Yeah, you're you're right, and it's interesting you bring that up because actually uh, my graduate research project was done down at Merrimack Spring Park, and uh, uh, one of the things I discovered at that time, now the golly, that's been back in the uh, early 70s, and at that time about 65% of the people that came to Merrimack Spring came from the St. Louis area because a lot of folks, it's it's within an hour's drive, so man, that makes an easy day trip. But some of the other things that just fascinated me, I asked people other than the trout fishing, you know, what really attracts you to Merrimack Spring Park? And this is going to blow you away. It did me when, when this all came about. But a high percentage of people said that they came to Merrimack Spring Park for the wilderness experience. And I'm thinking, wow, wow, it, it's a beautiful open area, very well-maintained park, but it's not any, any, anywhere close to what I would classify as wilderness, but to people that are living in the suburbs and in the cities. And, uh, yeah, uh, so many of them talked about wilderness, and I thought, boy, uh, you know, it, it kind of set me back on my heels. But it's all in your personal perspective is what it what it comes down to. So. Absolutely. Yeah, so great. All right, man, let's get back to the fishing just a little bit again at Merrimack Spring Park this year. The experimental program of five fish for $5 will continue again this year. And I think in the other parks, it's, uh, what is it, four fish for four bucks or something? Still four. Yeah, yep. Uh, so we're kind of fortunate to have five fish down there, I suppose. And uh, if you like to take fish home, it's like the old days. You'll be able to catch five. And it's always exciting, Damon, to watch people stack up. They start coming in pretty early, you know, and it builds up. And uh, I'm not even sure what time the, the fishing starts this year, but you'll hear a shrill whistle when it does start. And, man, everybody starts casting. And sometimes I just I just stand and laugh and and take photographs, little video as you watch all this happen because you know you got people on both sides of the stream and they're packed pretty tight, and you get uh, you get a uh, hundred rooster tails thrown into one <laughs> one pool. You're going to have lots of tangles going on. But I encourage, oh, yeah. I encourage people though to to be cool, be patient, and be kind to your neighbor. You know because uh, sometimes tempers flare a little bit, but most often people work it out. There may have to be some lines clipped, but uh, yeah, and I've seen some funny things happen down there over the years. And I'm sure you have too. But when I was superintendent, there was no gentleman before the whistle even blew. He'd come up to the building up there, and he was soaking wet. His hat was gone, and uh, he had some rather harsh words for us <laughs> and what happened was he's going to get to his favorite fishing spot for anybody else you know but he had to wait across the stream but what he failed to realize in the dark there was a sign there that said deep hole it had been dredged over the winter so he walked right off of that deep hole and freezing weather and his hat went floating off down the stream you know so those sort of things happen and you have to pay attention and, and, and be cautious because getting Getting cold in that cold weather is, is not fun stuff. But, hey, are you going to make it down to open a day? Uh, I probably not this year, I don't think. with the, the Usually I like to help park cars and work the chamber tents and things like that. And with COVID and everything that hit, they're, they're not going to do that this year, like you mentioned. And Right. So I'm not probably going to be able to get off of work to get down there, which is a bummer. Yeah, it is. Um, well, you know, one thing, I'll think about you while I'm you down see, there catching all those you fish. See a lot of folks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you will. I'll be getting messages all day. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 
one thing that I have seen a lot of, and I just kind of want to touch on, is exactly like what you just said, Coop, is those people, you know, falling in, waiting in. And, and it is tradition for a lot of people to get there as early as they possibly can. And you, the NBC does such a phenomenal job of, of putting enough fish in there for the projected numbers. And I've seen them put them in in the middle of the day, you know, and, and you're just as apt to, to get your fish in a respectful manner going down there, you know, late morning, early afternoon, pretty well the whole day. And you'll be able to get your fish if you don't want to fight those crowds. And a lot of people feel like if they're not there on the whistle and then they're not going to get their fish. Well, that's, that's definitely not true. There'll be, there'll be plenty of fish in there for every, every available fisherman for sure. Oh, that's absolutely the truth. And man, it's just so much fun to watch people, particularly smaller kids catch those fish. They get so excited. You know, I'm going to be 72 years old. Pretty soon, I'm going to be right in there with the little kids. I'm going to be just as excited as they are. Man. <laughs> it's a, and, and you know that's kind of out of out of character for me because you know me well enough. I'd much be rather be down on the river most of the time uh, with you and that drift boat casually floating down the river. You know, and uh, watching you or one of your oh, yeah. buddies fish, and and I get to photograph and film and stop and I cook you guys lunch and it, oh that that's just great. But Opening day only comes once a year, you know, so it's fun to get out and visit with folks. And, I, hey, as old as I am, you know, gosh, I was back in the 70s, so I've got 50 years of trout fishing in, and it started right there at Merrimack mm-hmm. Spring Park for me. So, yeah, I meet a lot of yeah. people, too, that I haven't seen in a long time, and I really, truly look forward to it. All right, uh, quick question here to wrap things up with damon now the fly fishman i know that's near and dear to your your heart man if a person was going to go down there and fly fish uh, opening day what would you suggest fly fishing wise that they use Mm. (laughs) i would say (laughs) definitely give yourself room you know it's not you're not just going to be battling with other fishermen for position or or whatever but there's going to be people walking around um, you know, in front of you, behind you, beside you, find a good, good open area and, and throw a woolly bugger on or something. It really depends on the flows, you know, but right. if you can constrict yourself and just roll cast and indicator nymph, then that's probably your best bet. Yep. Um, as opposed to, you know, the, the full haul and double haul and that that's not necessary. Right. Um, also maybe go later in the afternoon, things like that. Good point. And, um, you know, if you're indicator an infant, just a bait imitation really would, would, or any standard nymph set up and you're, you're going to get your fish. You'll have a ball. You, you bet. Hey, and I still got a dilemma going on. I hope, hope Roy King's not listening because he, he always checks me. He most, almost like a, a game warden down there. You know, he comes back, Cooper, are you using my jigs? <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just not as good with him as, as Roy is, but I'm sure I'll be using a spin cast outfit on opening day. And, folks, hope to see you down there. Damon, thanks for being on the show. And, Oh, boy, I hate it because you're not going to be there opening day. But I'm going to be living the dream, man. (laughs) (laughs) This is Bill Cooper with the Living the Dream Outdoor Podcast. The Living the Dream Outdoors Podcast is brought to you by Cowtown USA, Alps Outdoors, Cardiac Mountain Outfitters, The Fly Rod Journals, Westover Farms, Scenic Rivers Taxidermy, and Living the Dream Outdoor Properties. 
Land ownership is the American dream. Land is the basis of all life. Our wise use of this most precious of resources ensures the survival and growth of free institutions and our American way of life. At Living the Dream Outdoor Properties, we value the traditions and freedoms that land provides us. Every day we seek the solace of a mountain sunrise over traffic jams and smog, the calming silence of a bubbling stream over the sirens of the city, and the quiet of the countryside over the hustle and bustle of the world. We hunt, we fish, we farm, we live off the land. It's our mission to help our clients live out their dreams on the land as we do. At Living the Dream Outdoor Properties, we believe that it's not just land, it's a lifestyle. Join us five days a week on Living the Dream Outdoor Podcast as the Living the Dream Outdoor Dream Team explores the most desired outdoor properties in the Midwest and whisks you away to incredible hunting, fishing, and outdoor recreation opportunities. Host Bill Cooper, an inductee of the National Freshwater Fishing Hall of Fame, will be joined by members of the Living the Dream Outdoors team each week as they tell tall tales, unveil tips and tactics, and rub elbows with some of the biggest names in the outdoor world. You'll also find the Living the Dream Outdoors podcast on your favorite social media platforms, including Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok.